0: A weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Ignite your radical imagination and cultivate positive change. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. Welcome to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
1: discover hope and healing from the other side
0: welcome to messages of hope with Suzanne Listen.
1: Hi, everybody. Welcome back. We are going to be talking to a shining light mom today. More about that in a minute. But first, if you're watching live, I hope you can also join me this evening at 530 Pacific Time, 830 Eastern Time for an online event with a gentleman who's been a who's been a guest on this show in the past, and I've been on his show, Michael Sandler. We did a great interview about Wolf's Message for Humanity. Very rousing, inspiring interview, and that's going to be aired tonight on Michael's YouTube channel. And he and I will both be online chatting with everybody who's present live tonight. You can find the link for that on my Facebook page. So over to Real-time, here and now, my guest today is Roseanne Norris, and I met Roseanne when I did a reading for her last August. She is a shining light mom, which is the name that we give to those who have a child across the veil. Far more positive and descriptive name for our lives moving forward with our kids across the side across the other side than to say a bereaved parent but Roseanne certainly has been down that path as well our goal today is to help all of you who are going through grief to know you are not alone in your grief and there is absolutely hope as Roseanne is about to show us welcome to the show Roseanne
2: thank you Suzanne I'm excited to be here thank you for having me I felt a little like I was going on Oprah today. This <laughs> was That's funny. I was mean, that excited.
1: I, I, I sound a little bit stilted at the beginning because Roseanne and, Roseanne and I got so caught up in talking about the reading that I did for her that all of a sudden Jeff, our engineer, is interrupting me saying, "You have two seconds." So I was <laughs> usually I'm a little more prepared, but uh, I just so love catching up with you, Roseanne. So you. you have a wonderful book called Believe. And I would love for you to just start off by describing to those who don't have it in front of them the the way the title is designed on the book, Believe, and why it is so
2: well the title is spelled B-E capital L-E-E-V-E because my of my son's name, which was Lee, is Lee. <laughs> um so that I played around with different titles, and then that that name came to me in meditation one day, and that was it.
1: <laughs> so. And I love the way you got the title for the book. And at first you thought it was going to be one thing or another, and then it, there it came in meditation. And I know that meditation was not part of your journey before Lee
2: passed, correct? Well, I did some meditation and yoga and, you know, laying there after a workout of yoga, you know, I knew how to relax, but not in the way, you know, after Lee passed.
1: Yeah. So we're going to dive into the changes after he passed and how that has taken you on what the subtitle says, a journey of loss, healing and hope. And that's what we hope to give to all of you listening today. So let's just start back at the, where the book begins Roseanne and tell us tell us about Lee
2: well Lee was my middle child um, the, the fourth or excuse me the third is five and he was he was a little different than all the rest he was very sensitive uh, baby a sensitive boy um, he's the only one of my children that carried around a little stuffed toy none of the others had a security item. Uh, could yeah, I interrupt a second
1: have, here? And I have to tell you you, it absolutely amazed me. If you would share with everyone how he broke the weight wecker- records at the hospital where he was born <laughs> and then how
2: he actually
1: grew and how he turned out.
2: Well, yes, yeah, that that was uh, a bit of a surprise. Um, he was different, like I said, and he came in weighing 11 pounds, 3 ounces, so um, and he was twenty three <laughs> inches long, so he was a big bruiser and uh yeah, so that was that was definitely <laughs> a surprise, but then you said he so, was a small small child
1: growing up, which surprised he, me
2: he yeah, he was um it, it, he just he really didn't grow until his senior year in high school, and he ended up being you know not overly tall but maybe five ten you know yeah. so. But, but he was a slow grower <laughs> <laughs> so. but this
1: extra sensitivity really fascinates me too i just i love that
2: yeah I used to sing um you know songs to them at night and he would cry and and i said why are you crying and he just said you know I just they it makes me sad you know like you are my sunshine i'm gonna make you sad but you know um d- just different songs he would sing you know, sing to your kids at bedtime. And so he was just, he was a sweetheart. Okay.
1: So So let's uh, fast forward to the the root of this story of here, of how your life just suddenly changed. And I know it's painful to talk about always, but we do it knowing that other people will then identify with you, those who are also shining like parents or or suffering the the passing of anyone they love. If you'd share that with us we'll then dive into that.
2: Yes, well, it was a bitter cold January in New York in 2018. And it was a Tuesday. And I got a call from my husband uh, saying that Lee's boss, they worked at the same place and said Lee's boss had called and and Lee mm. hadn't shown up for work that day or the day before. And as soon as my husband told me that, I knew, I just mm. I just knew instinctively my, you know, everything in me just said, he's gone. And so we arrived at his house. It was January 9th and found him on his couch. We had no idea what happened until the authorities started coming, the firemen, and suddenly they told us we had to leave immediately. um, And we found out it was carbon monoxide poisoning. Um, 30 years old 30 30 years old he owned his own house he had a a coal furnace and he that he had neglected to close the door properly um and he for some reason he had well probably it was going off he he removed his detector off the wall and put it in the closet Hmm. so kind of a perfect storm um so, well, this is a good um,
1: chance just to ask anybody if you've done such a thing to get it out of the closet, to check your batteries, and to make sure that you're safeguarded. So we'll use this as an opportunity to help.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. And I'm pretty sure we know that he had passed um, a couple of days before we found him because of text trails and things like that. So, yes, so yeah. that that was that was the start of it. Yes.
1: Now, your book is written in journal style, so it's a very raw, emotional, and real read, it, yet it's not too painful because it's the ups and downs, and, and, and you know that there's more coming, so I I, I like the way you, you did that, but it certainly shows what that first year was like for you. Would you take us through
2: a bit of that, please? yes um it didn't start as a journal it started i started it as a chapter book actually and and it really came to me again later in meditation and i changed the whole thing um i got the message to write it as i wrote it because i wrote 12 journals in the first 2 years um and yes that f- that first year i was you know i just let my emotions out on paper um let's stop there for a second is that a habit you were in already now and then over my lifetime um I have journaled um you know I was an English person an English major so I always liked to write so but that was always my way of dealing with pain or stress whenever anything was wrong in my life I would I would write
1: (laughs) and I love that because so many of the grief experts that have been on this show recommend using journaling as a healing tool and one can see when reading your book and others like it how it just allows you to get those feelings out that you might not share with others and to just just vent all over the paper and you've done it in a very legible style that's very helpful
2: yeah that was another reason i I knew myself I couldn't read take in a lot of words I was reading a lot, but i what stuck in my mind very little you know and so I tried to keep it out of my journal I took it out of my journal and kept it as simple as I could for parents that are newly grieving so they could comprehend just little bits at a time
1: mm-hmm. you know? what what struck me though is is how well you describe the despair after his passing. And it's something that nobody would ever want to go through. How about just trying to encapsulate that so that those who are listening, who may be
2: there right now,
1: know they're not alone.
2: Well, it just, I was just, um, I couldn't comprehend the pain. I, I just, I couldn't, you know, it was just beyond anything I had ever experienced and and anybody that's going through it knows it's all consuming. It's your your body, mind, everything about you is just consumed with with pain and you just I literally wanted to die. I thought I can't carry this with me. I can't do this. But um but something kept like this little tiny spark in there kept I just kind of knew somehow I was going to get on the other side of that immense pain that was in the beginning. Looking back, so, how would what do you ascribe that spark to? I, it must have just been a knowing inside. I can't put my finger on anything specific, except I I knew that I wanted to honor him, that I I wouldn't. I was, you know, I I was going to do something in his honor,
0: and yeah.
1: even
2: if it was just to live.
0: You
1: know, and I would say, I Roseanne, that it's the spark of the divine that just always gives you that thread to hold on that never goes out, and that connects you to Lee and to Source and to to all of your helpers across the veil. All of you, we all have that spark, so that's beautiful. <laughs> What happened to let you know that Lee was still around you, which, of course, is the basis of the hope that comes through in your
2: book? Well, the first the first um, connection I had with him was a few weeks after um, his transition. And I was in his house and I opened a box in his basement. And the first thing I pull out is a CD of the band Offspring, which he loved in high school. And so I pull, as I pull that out and I touch it, I hear, I'm okay. I'm fine. Hmm. And I'm thinking, huh? You know, like, so that was about three, I'd say three weeks after. Um, so I, of course I didn't really, you know, I kind of dismissed it and I thought, well, yeah, so many do. I'm just thinking, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it, it started coming, you know, more and more little, little thoughts in my head that I finally, I gradually learned to accept that this was true communication. Um, and that was just the start.
1: Yeah, your book is just so filled with signs and communications. And we'll get into that. But, uh, you know, you, you let let it be known in the book that there were some premonitions before he passed. Would you share those with us, please?
2: Yes. Um, I have to go back to when I was pregnant with Lee and it was about a week before he was born. Um, he was born. Oh, that's another, he was born on Labor Day also in <laughs> 1987. That's fitting. Um, <laughs> yes, it was. Yes, it was. And, and I was in the shower and I just, sense of dread just came over me and I started to cry and I wow. I thought I don't want to do this and you know I I didn't I thought what's wrong with you you you've not the first child you've birth and all my babies were big 9 pounders so it wasn't like I was you know I I just didn't understand it so I but I let it go and um I look back now and I think my soul my soul knew you know I knew hmm that knew, um, I wasn't going to have him for, for a long time. And, and then, um, fast forward to, to maybe a couple months before, um, uh, he passed, I woke up, I had a dream where I literally saw him in a casket laying out in his casket. Um, and I, when I woke up, I was crying and, I thought, what is wrong with you? Why would you have this awful dream? And I never told anyone.
1: You know, um, let's God. talk about that for a second, because I had a similar dream with someone that I love. And many people have these. And, and I have to say that sometimes those are just our own fears. When we love someone so intensely, we're afraid that, oh, no, you know, the, what happens if they pass? And that comes to pass in our dreams. So it doesn't always mm-hmm. mean it. But really, we can't change those kinds of things unless there's further information. If it is your time, it is your time. And so you say it yourself at the end of the book that it helps us to remember to make every moment precious. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So Yeah. So um, yeah, that was that, those, premonitions or you know i've had things i've had other premonitions um but none none quite like like i had with lee but you know and and that's likely
1: why when you got that call that he hadn't shown up for work you just jumped straight to he's gone instead of has something happened is he sick that really was
2: stunning Yeah. yeah yeah i definitely knew
1: well, let's talk some more now about some of the signs you received from him because this is, it's a little low key here, low energy, of course. This is a very, very challenging topic, but it's the signs that have come thro- through for him that have completely transformed you. And the readings you've had with mediums, which we'll talk about, but you know he's still with you now. So how did that begin, that knowing?
2: Well, just... Uh- just all those. Um, Let's well, started with the little things, like the butterflies. Um, you know, when a when a butterfly landed when we were up at the cemetery, and my daughter came and she was she broke down and this and she had his car and this butterfly landed on the hood of the car, and I pointed it out and she's kind of like yeah so and, <laughs> and but then it it. it, it it's a butterfly you know so but then it took off and it's and it landed right in front of her like a couple feet in front of her it just was fluttering it swings up and down and and um another time my my son well I want to stop
1: just a with, second oh, there for if oh, we could Roseanne yeah. for those who are new to signs you know exactly like Your daughter said, yeah, it's just a butterfly. But look at the timing. It's when you're at the ceremony, when you're breaking down and people are extremely sad. That's when our loved ones take advantage of, ooh, there's a butterfly over there. Across the veil, they say, all right, I'm going to merge my consciousness with that butterfly. And we're going to make it go over and land right on her car. Ooh, she noticed, but she doesn't quite believe. So now I'm going to go land in front of her and really flap my wings and get her attention, flap the butterfly, flap its wings. So that's how the signs work. When we really honor that, we give credit to those across the veil who are really working hard to let us know I'm really here trust this
2: yeah yes yeah. another cool butterfly moment was when after my granddaughter's uh, soccer game we're all standing around and my oldest son a butterfly suddenly landed on his shoulder Ooh. and then and it was there and then it took off and it circled around the whole family, like must have 10 or 10 times at least oh my. circling around and around and then landed back on my son again. Nice. <laughs> and that Good was, job, Lee. It was, I know. It was amazing. Um, like, I was getting things like that and some, you know, heart signs um, at appropriate moments when I would ask for them. Um, oh, another crazy butterfly thing was when I, One day I took my car in. Well, I asked Lee for a butterfly sign, and I thought it was winter. And I thought, what am I? I'm not. There's no butterflies in New York in the winter. Uh And I had taken my car in for some uh, an oil change or something. And I'm getting a cup of coffee, and I look over at the TV, and there's a butterfly. Okay. And the next thing it, then the TV was full of butterflies. So. And and again, um, to
1: educate those of you who are new to signs, who put the thought in Roseanne's head to ask for the butterfly sign knowing that she was going to see it at the dealership? And who, like, look up now, Mom. It's on the TV. That's the web. That's how we're connected. And they just do such a great job. If only we know to be aware and listen and watch and acknowledge. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. And, and, and the hearts that you'll... I've asked for and just at the right moment. And he, 34 is of was his football number when he was a little boy. And the whole family sees 34s all over the place. I could just turn and look at the clock and it's 10:34, or um, nice. just turn and see a mailbox and it's 34. <laughs> And I believe, again, that
1: that's not just a coincidence that you saw it. It's a nudge from your loved one. Look up now. Turn to the right and look there. They snag your attention. So he does a good job. So you have on the cover of your book that proceeds from every paperback. Soul goes to Helping Parents Heal. That's an organization that comes up frequently in the book. Please tell us how you yeah. found them and how it compared to any other experiences you'd had before that,
2: without naming names. Yes. Um, well, I had had a grief counselor for four months, um, and he pat he he was wonderful. He was open um, for me, me to talk about communications and afterlife, and but he passed at my four at the four month mark, and so wow. I was at a loss. I thought, what do we? <laughs> I I thought, so I was thinking I was getting in a dark, I was in a dark place again. And then I started looking around. I did try a couple organizations that just, you know, did not sit right with me. And um, I started looking on Facebook because I thought, well, that's got everything on on Facebook and social media. Mm -hmm. And I did try a couple groups and that didn't feel right. And then I sub- Then I found, which I know now that I was led uh, yeah. to helping parents heal, and that immediately felt right to me why um, just because of their open concept of of afterlife or the hereafter and communications with our kids, and they were so uplifting um. Uh, you know Elizabeth and Irene and all all the people that you know really I felt I now I see, paved the way for me and others to become those shining light parents. So yeah, I, she, she, she's term.
1: referring to Elizabeth Boisson, the co-founder with Mark Ireland of Helping Parents Heal, and Irene Bouvalidis is the vice president and everybody, of course, involved with that group has had a child pass and knows the journey. And and what you mentioned there is the, the hallmark of the group. It's how you become uplifted by these meetings. And I, I've talked to many a parent who at first is almost insulted by that. How can you be smiling when we're here to talk about our children who have passed? Would you address that, please? Uh,
2: well, my, my counsel is that you give up or get, you get up or give up. And I just, you know, to know that your child, yes, would I give anything to have him with me? Of course, but I know that he, his life continues, like our lives will continue. And, and to to have that knowledge to, to have that is, is really a gift that I, I strive for in the, you know, this is the work I do for myself and
1: Right. I, I mean that that pain at the beginning is so bad nobody can even imagine living like that for the rest of your life and yet some people do when they have lost all hope but you found it and we're going to talk in the second half of the show here about ways that you found it. We're going to talk about the mediums who have helped you. But uh, you say that you know now that you were led to helping parents heal. How do you know that?
2: It's it's I, it's just a gut feeling. It's another path Lee led me down. And he, he he wanted me to heal, and I wanted to heal for him and for myself. And so I believe with all my heart he, he led me there, and Source led me there, or God and my guides, and all <laughs> of the above. The <laughs> yes, all the to the team. And <laughs> what yeah. I
1: love if we just jump forward is you start your book in this utter despair. How am I going to even get up? I don't want to get out of bed and just what so many people go through and you've found helping parents heal. Would you tell people your affiliation with it now?
2: Yes, I am an affiliate leader um, in Binghamton. So I have a, a group Binghamton, New York, where I live. And I, I do have a, a group that I just got off the ground before COVID hit. So, um that, you know, we'll get back face-to-face. I know that everybody misses that. Um, I just became, sure, um, just recently, I became a caring listener. So taking on a new role. Okay. That's so. just
1: awesome. So from utter despair to now leading others. And that's the whole path of shining light. At first, your child is your shining light, and then you get out of bed for them and for your other children who are still here and your your husband. And then... Now you heal bit by bit. We'll talk about that when we come back. And now you're a shining light for those others who are new on the path, even leading an affiliate group in your area, which is just awesome. Just think how that makes Lee feel. So, wow, fast first half. We're going to go to a break now and come back for more. So don't go away.
0: history dreamers have opened the door for positive change that reshapes the world our dreams and stories can also attract individual prosperity and success join creative artist Valerie June Aisha Ophelia Jacqueline Suskin and Sarah Walco for the power of radical imagination a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck New York ignite your radical imagination and cultivate positive change Learn more at eomega.org thrive. Discover the
1: power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world.
0: Welcome back. You're listening to Messages of Hope with Suzanne Giesemann.
1: All right. We're having a very touching and helpful conversation with Roseanne Norris, a shining light mom whose son, Lee, passed from carbon monoxide poisoning at age 30. And she is the author of the book Believe, A Journey of Loss, Healing, and Hope. And a quote from that book says from Roseanne, healing is a conscious choice. It's hard work, but it can be done. And you're proof of that when you read the book and see the journey you've been on. And truly, it's a spiritual journey. So we will get into that. But one of the things that fascinated me the most, and of course, is so validating, is that you started going to mediums, and you've been to quite a few of them. And it very much shows how healing that can be. In fact, a medium wrote the foreword to your book. So why don't we talk about mediumship for a while and how that helped your healing journey?
2: Okay. Um, Yes. um, I've been, like you said, to several mediums and so wonderfully validating, healing. I mean, yes. the one, Van, or Ann Van Ordstel, uh, who wrote the Ford to my book, like I said, um, she had uh, named my book. Well, she told me first that I was going to write a book and that it would and it was going to be called Believe or Belief or Beyond Belief, something along those lines, and mm-hmm. that we wanted it by his first anniversary. Now, this was November of 2018. So I was only coming up on the first anniversary. And I thought, no way, nope. is that going to no happen? No way, that's, <laughs> that's not happening. <laughs> that's just not going to happen. So, um, but in fact, it didn't happen until COVID. Um, I mean, I struggled with it for a long time. And then once once we got locked down, I, I dove in. That's when it turned to the journal form and I dove right in. Um, so it, it didn't. It didn't happen then, but um, you know, I I know that's okay. It w- happened when it was supposed to. But oh, sure.
1: Uh, was Anne the first uh, medium Ann, you saw?
2: No, no, she wasn't the first. Uh, and there was a couple more before that. as she stands out because she did tell me about the book and wrote the foreword. And she also uh, had she she Lee showed her an F. And she said it was a a spirit, a German spirit guide that was going to come in to work with me on the book, uh, <laughs> that it was a long name, but I would shorten it, which I did. It came to me and I, I called my German uh, guide is writing guide is Fritz, which is also now the name of my miniature schnauzer <laughs> <laughs> in honor of, of my writing guide. So which I hadn't well, experienced.
1: Oh, go ahead. No, well what I love about the book is that you you list a lot of the evidence that's come through from these mediums and that's what I'm always looking for the hardcore things that you that nobody else would know about Lee and that's that to me is the linchpin for healing is that uh, it's lovely to get messages, but when you blend it with the evidence, are there any gold nuggets that stand out in the many readings you've had? Well, I had a reading with you last. Well, that's, um, that's not what I'm getting at. We can get to that later. Oh, no. well, okay. <laughs> some okay. from the book. I, My reading with, with Roseanne was actually after the book came out, and so we can, we can talk about that later. But some of the things in the book that are that will help people.
2: Uh, Well, I know that, well, Ann said, Anna, my youngest daughter, had Lee's car, and uh, Ann Van Ursel said that there was something, Lee told her there was something in the, um, right in the middle of the car that was there, And, and so when I asked my daughter, she said, Lee apparently had dropped the French fry, there was a French fry in there, and she didn't want to... She didn't take it out, so um, that was kind of, you know, that was interesting. Um, trying to think. Of I like how uh,
1: Isabella Johnson talked about the word suffrage, and you'd actually dressed as a suffragette and marched in a parade not that long ago. That was very cool.
2: Yes, that was that was something. Um, I think Jake uh, Samoyd and me too had mentioned this me dressing up as a suffragette. So and that is
1: very unusual. Yeah.
2: They no one could know. No one could know that. Um and what sure. was the current
1: event then in, in my in the reading I did for you? I love when they talk about current events, things that have done since you passed or very recent. And he brought up well you want to share it? Well the
2: are we talking now about the cannonball? bomb? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was a memory that popped up on Facebook. Um, I had done a cannonball into a lake. Oh, actually, I would do one every year at when we would go to this certain lake and stay for the weekend. And the memory popped up, and I, and you brought it, the memory had just popped up a couple of days before that, and you brought it up. And well, I Lee brought when, it up. I'm just the messenger. Like, <laughs> true, true. But I think when, you said when Lee, when it did his arms, like in a, you know, like score, you know, when, when you, we put that together. So. Um, And then another one was uh, the waterfall. Lee was in Vegas in 2017 and his buddy was in one of the waterfalls at a hotel. And um, he was, Told them to jump, 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 because the security is coming, and and that was something you know you could not have known. Um, they they actually got kicked out of the hotel as a result. But oh my, uh, yeah,
1: shenanigans. Uh, well, one thing we haven't talked about, Roseanne, is how. His dog Buddy was in the house with him and also succumbed as a result of this uh, carbon monoxide poisoning. But yet, Buddy was still just barely hanging on when you arrived there. And a medium brought that up.
2: Yes, um, Buddy, as I said, Lee, we figured, passed on the 7th and he was there for two days before we found him. And we heard a little whimpering and found buddy in in the corner of the room. Yes, barely alive. But he, I I believe he passed a, a a day later. But I believe he he yeah. I was told that he stood watch over Lee until until we r- arrived and found him.
1: I I just love that that the whoever the medium was and I don't recall now but uh, saw the dog across the veil and. Received the message that he had stood watch. I just, it's just beautiful. Yeah. Your your dog Fritz now, is there, somebody tells me, I'm supposed to ask you that Fritz came into your life in a special way.
2: Speaking of dogs. He sure did. He sure did. Uh, Well, I realized now in the fall of 2019, I had an experience. I was just going to sleep and I felt a depression behind me on the bed. Um, and I thought my husband was getting it in on the wrong side of the bed. But mm-hmm. then I felt I felt like depression, like something was walking all over the bed. And oh my. I couldn't figure it out. I was a little scared at first and I have a bird. And I thought, could it be but no, the bird's in the cage, you know, and covered. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought I was running through my mind, what could it be? And then all of a sudden I thought. Ruby, Ruby was our family dog um, we had to put down in 2011. So I thought, wow, that was really a cool visit. Fast forward to, um, I believe now that our, our dog now, Fritz, is that Ruby has reincarnated. And the reason I believe that, in Jan- well, in January 2020, I was in meditation and I saw this schnauzer now, I typically don't see huh. things like that, but uh, it just popped up in my awareness. And when I went out and I said to my husband, I was like, "I the weirdest thing happened. And I told him, I said, I just saw a little schnauzer in my meditation. And the funny thing, he goes, well, it's funny because the day before he had been researching dogs thinking he might surprise me for my birthday. Huh. And he was really taken with the schnauzers.
1: No kidding.
2: Yeah, so I I was like, well, that's weird, but we know kind of we're connected, you know, so I'm thinking, all right, well, I, you know, you put that thought in my head, apparently. Well, I started researching. um, I just was looking up on Googling schnauzers, and I noticed there was a local breeder. And so, of course, I go on the site. And I was drawn to this one little puppy's face over and over again. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize at first, but then when it finally dawned on me, I noticed this little puppy was available on the day Lee passed. I'm telling you, the whole time you're telling me this
1: story, I have had three (laughs) lip twitches and it's Lee saying, come on, mom, come on, mom, (laughs) put it together. (laughs)
2: So yeah, so I knew that um yeah, yes, the yep. puppy was ours. <laughs> I couldn't deny him. And I believe now that Ruby I has reincarnated and so come back to help us.
1: That's beautiful. And no doubt brought to you all by with Lee's help too across the veil. Love it. Yeah. So yeah. what kind of communication did you have from the beginning with Lee, not just signs, but I'm talking about these thoughts, how how has it changed in the time since he passed?
2: Um, a lot of the, the telepathic, you know, things just dropping in my, my head, um, you know, I can ask him questions, and, and you know, a, a lot of times things will just you just drop into my head and you don't, you know, at first you don't trust it, but then, then at certain point you, I grew to, to trust what I was receiving. And
1: um, that is so important.
2: Yeah. I just, I just, I just
1: uh, published my uh, personal mediumship class about connecting with our own loved ones. And it's one of the biggest questions that comes up. How do you, how do you trust? And you, you model this beautifully. You, our loved ones aren't going to give up on us they're going to keep putting things in our head and you finally just say well let me trust this and then it opens up even more
0: yes yes
2: and i was there was a lot of downloads too during while i was writing the book i was waking up in the night with full complete thoughts which was i was like how could that be and i would write it down because i thought i would never remember in the morning so um you know he was he was busy putting things Putting there for the book, um, and I've been working also uh, for the past year with a pendulum, um, okay. communicating with with him, which again I didn't really trust that at first. Uh, I thought, you know, am I making this move? But I I just decided just to let it let that go. Let well, let we don't we don't talk go. about that
1: a whole lot. We haven't brought it up. I don't think ever on the show. Maybe. Well, not that I can remember. So why don't you tell us how that works for you? I'll just preface it by saying that the pendulum is a beautiful tool because it mirrors what is going on in your subconscious and coming down from the soul, what the soul knows. So one holds a pendulum between the forefinger and the thumb and gently and you can ask questions and the messages will come through in the direction that it swings. Once you identify what, what each direction means. So how do you use it when you communicate with Lee?
2: I, I just a simple yes or no questions. Um, I, like you said, I established my yes and my no, um, yes was, you know, back and forth, uh, vertically, no was, you know, uh, across that. And,
1: So, if I could just interrupt a second, for anybody that thinks this is crazy, I at first was very skeptical of this. And so I, I did an experiment where I put four glasses on the counter. Three of them had water and one had a clear alcohol. I don't know if it was gin or vodka. This was years and years ago. And then I mixed them all up with my eyes closed. So I didn't know which one had the alcohol in it. And I put the pendulum over each one. Is this the gin? Is this the gin? And more times, many more times than not, it was the gin. And of course, I had to smell it or sip it. I couldn't do that too many times, or I would have gotten a little loopy, right? <laughs> <laughs> but there's a part of us that doesn't that does know what's going on at a level that we don't know here. So the pendulum is a valid way. So he would give you would Would you tune into him first and say, Lee, we're going to play with the pendulum, or just how How did that work for you?
2: Yeah, I would ask him to come in. And, and then I would say, you know, is is this you? Are you here with me? And I would get, you know, <laughs> I would get the yes. And, and I had, you know, the yes, no, I don't know. And recently, I added, I said, Can you show me I love you? And hmm. the pendulum? Well, the pendulum was first for I don't know, goes um, counterclockwise. And then I said, Can you show me I love you, and it swung clockwise, and it kept going larger and larger. it was swinging <laughs> so wildly I thought how could, I could not how can I doubt this I couldn't
1: you know so yes it's it's, it's very clear that one is not moving it, that you haven't changed how tightly you're gripping. It's a very cool phenomenon for those of you who aren't familiar with it they they will sell pendulums of course online or in a in a metaphysical bookstore, but you can make your own just by putting a ring on a chain from a necklace and just hold it that way. Yeah. Right. Very cool. Right. So, what I found really wonderful in your book is the communications with Lee about his adventures across the veil. Literally adventures, the very first one came in when he talked about antelopes and a place he was visiting. Would you tell us about that, how you validated it and how it grew from there?
2: Yeah, I I just one morning cuz he kept saying I kept hearing, I'm having the time of my life. I'm having the time of my life. So I thought, well, well what are you doing? You know, okay. and so I started a- asking. And yes, the first the first time I asked, um, I was waking up and I said, what are you doing today? And I heard um, Tanzania riding the antelopes, And I thought, okay, where, you know, and I had to... I thought, where's Tanzania? I know I've heard of it. And is there antelope? You know, so I had to look at that. And then it just kept going. And I called it the, I call it the adventure game.
0: Well, if you could
2: stop
1: for a second, you first of all, had to look up, are there antelopes in Tanzania? And indeed there were. And who hears those things, right? Where did that come from? Right. So you, (laughs) you honored that. And then did you ask, then it would just keep popping up?
2: And yeah, I would start it every morning as I'm waking up. And I was like, you know, what's 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 today? What's today's adventure? And so different things. I got the White House one time. He's visiting the White House. Funny. Yeah. And, and he goes, and I, you know, doesn't have to worry about security. <laughs> um, and just different crazy things. Antarctica. I mean, all these different places. Just different things. And it would just... I wouldn't, I didn't think about it It would just pop in my head immediately as soon as I'd asked the question. So I know my mind doesn't work that swiftly, so I know he's putting it there. I love (laughs) how that, that
1: gave you a new way of moving forward with him in your life of relating to him real time. Yes, Yeah. Yeah, and you say in the book that, you know, they say we should not live in the past, yet there's a fine line you walk between going to memories and enjoying them and then wallowing in them.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Um couple I had a story I wanted to share about um a little synchronicity that I ha- well, little um you <laughs> know, I went to <laughs> visit um uh, my cousin in June of 2019. Yeah, she lives in New Orleans. And I had to, cha- I was in Detroit making my connecting flight. And I, uh, they were announcing they were trying to get somebody, bump somebody, you know, they were kept giving incentives to uh, take a bump. And I almost did it because I didn't have to be there any set time. And then I thought, well, no, I'm not going to do it. They were offering like $800. Wow. Um, and I thought, well, yeah, yeah. it just kept going up and up and up. And and um, I thought, well, maybe somebody needs it more than I do. I'll just not do it. So when I got on the plane, a woman sat next to me and started up a conversation. And she said she, uh, she was from Fort Wayne, Indiana, going to Orleans for a um, a convention for work. Mm-hmm. And I said, Oh, my husband's been to Fort Wayne for business. And she said, Where does oh where does he work? And I said, BAE systems. And she said, Well, that's where I work. Oh and my then gosh. I found out Yeah, I found out that she had been to Binghamton, uh, where his plant is. And I said, Oh, wow, that's cool. And and so I then she said, "I go. What do you do for uh, for BAE?" And she said, "I work in contracts." And suddenly I knew that she knew Lee. I was because oh that's really? what he did for the that's what he did for the business.
1: No. And I said,
2: "Yes." And I said to her, "My son worked in contracts for BAE." And she said, "What's his name?" And when I said his name, her face fell just completely fell. And she said, I am so sorry. And she, she knew, turns out she knew Lee quite well. He had been out Who else has
1: goosebumps right now? I'm covered with them. (laughs) What are the chances?
2: Yeah, I have goosebumps. I still get them thinking about that story. Amazing. And she, we just talked the whole time about Lee and, and just about, you know, signs and synchronicities and afterlife. And, you know, we're, we're now connected. We're now connected. So
1: that's so cool because a lot of times people, when they hear you've had a child pass or anybody close to you pass, they just shut down. Like maybe it's too painful to talk about, but when most of the time we want to talk about our loved ones, that's what we love.
2: Yes, definitely. I have, um, there was another connection, and this came up several mediums, I believe. Um, what? Well, going back to June of 2018, uh, I went to Florida with my sister, and my husband had an experience. Uh, he heard something, he was sitting outside, heard something rattle in the garage, and he got up and he went in. And now he's a pretty uh, left brain person. He's come a long way, but he mm-hmm. he actually went in the garage and said, Lee, is that you? And he felt something. He felt a cold whoosh go through him. And he was just standing there waiting for more. Um, And then he was looking around and he saw something red up in the rafters of the garage Mm
0: -hmm.
2: that he had never seen before. And he pulled a ladder over. He climbed up and he pulled down this little Hot Wheels car, turned it over, and it was made in 1987, the year of Lee's birth. What he did not know at that time is I had had a reading where um, I was told that Lee was playing Hot Wheels with kids in the afterlife. No
0: kidding.
2: Yeah, I had never told Tom that story. So. He he didn't know that, and Lee Lee loved kids. Lee was always under a pile of nieces and nephews wrestling, playing, and so I wasn't surprised he was playing Hot Wheels. Of course he was. So, but then I, when I returned home, and Tom told me this story, and I thought, wow, that's you know that was really cool. And then right after, soon after that, I had a, my first Reiki healing ever, and Lee mm-hmm. came in, dropped in, and the woman doing it said. At the end, she said, now I'm seeing a 12, a one or a two or a 12. Well, it didn't make any, you know, it didn't mean anything to me, except he did pass in January. She said, we'll take it with you. And and so I did. And it was a day later, I was cleaning up after my grandkids, picking up Hot Wheel cars and such. And, <laughs> and I, I thought to myself, I go, oh, I'm going to go get that little Hot Wheel car that that, you know, Tom found in the garage and I picked it up and it was like a lightning bolt hit me. It was car number 12. <laughs> <laughs>
1: nice. Which, Very nice.
2: Which, yeah, which, you know, has been brought up a number of times, um, a couple of, you know, two or three times the mediums have said, I see a 12 and so now I know what that is. I love that that your husband
1: was snagged by that red red car and pulled the thread on it and saw what it was and it all ties together showing the big web and yeah how our loved ones yeah. snag our attention so we just have to act on those little something that just catches your attention beautiful yeah I so before, we're then, almost yeah. out of time here but i love what you did in the book you decided to have Lee, write a letter to you from across the veil, and you took dictation. It's a twist on the automatic writing that we've talked about in this show before. And the letter you wrote is beautiful. I feel that that's a wonderful exercise to encourage anybody who's grieving a loved one to do. Because the more you get into it, the more you know that they're helping you with those words. A letter from your loved one who's passed to you after they passed.
2: Yeah. Yes. I I in fact I do that. I have them for Christmas. He gives me cards and I write the, you know, I write the note and I just you you just put the pen to paper and let it let it go. Don't think about it. Right? Just just let it yeah. just let it go. Beautiful. Yeah.
1: So you believe it's possible as we have 1 minute to go here to live a happy life even after terrible grief. So one last thought for our listeners about that would be wonderful.
2: I think it's it's a choice. Um you know, I I just you know, choose joy. I cho- choose I look at Everything Now I, I just take in everything around me and I appreciate it and I'm grateful for it. And I just fill my heart with as much love and joy and compassion and for myself and for others. And, I and for me, I love life. how
1: you, you, you do yeah. so many things in his honor. Yes.
2: Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, Roseanne, thank you so much for being with us on the show. And I know that others have have learned a lot from your journey and, and can identify with it. So if you have a chance, please check out her book, Believe, A Journey of Loss, Healing and Hope. And like I say every week, talk to your loved ones and know that they hear you. They are still right here.
0: Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
1: Are you ready to ignite your best life and illuminate the world? I'm Stephanie James. I'm a motivational speaker, transformation coach, and psychotherapist. And what lights me up is helping people just like you Create the greatest versions of themselves. On my podcast, Igniting the Spark, I will help you ignite your joy and reach new heights in your personal and professional life. Join me for some incredible conversations with authors, spiritual teachers, and other influential thought leaders to help guide you on your way. If you are ready to stop playing small, join me for Igniting the Spark on the mindbodyspirit.fm network or wherever you get your podcasts and ignite your best life.